Welcome to Brainstorm, Decoding Depression, where we will dig into discussions about mood disorders. We are here to change the way we think and talk about depression in an accessible, approachable way with a leading expert in the field. No topic is off limits. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas, this is Brainstorm. The opinions expressed are only our own and do not reflect those of UT Southwestern, the O'Donnell Brain Institute, the UT system, or the state. Hello, and welcome back to Brainstorm, Decoding Depression. I'm Katherine Forbes, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Last episode, we spoke about youth suicide prevention and school-based mental health education programs. This week, we are talking about self-monitoring and specifically a tool developed by the CDRC that empowers youth and adults alike to manage and monitor their mental health everywhere, anytime, Avexia. Joining us today is Sarah Levinson. Sarah, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Sarah is a senior project manager at the CDRC. She leads our Mood Disorders Network projects, one of which is Avexia. She's been at the CDRC since its creation and implements the findings from Dr. Trevetti's research into the real world. And she lives in Dallas with her husband and three kids. And I heard yesterday that one of your kids has a nickname for Dr. Trevetti. She does. <laughs> she refers to him as Dukes. Dukes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but we won't call you Dukes today. We'll call you Dr. Trevetti. So Dr. Maduker Trevetti, Dukes, the founding director of the CDRC and brains behind the Avexia tool is here with us as well. And let's jump right in. So first, what is self-monitoring? So self-monitoring is a way in which an individual can, quote unquote, monitor um, something that's important to them, whether it be their blood pressure using a blood pressure cuff, a scale to measure their weight, a Fitbit to measure their activity level, or in our case, um, validated self-report measures such as the Patient Health Questionnaire 9, the GAD7 Generalized Anxiety Disorder, um, to monitor their depressive symptoms, the anxiety symptoms. It's a way to keep track of what's going on with yourself. And why is it important to monitor mental health specifically? I think that like with any other condition, uh, it is not only important to measure things that are bothering you, but I think in order to try to accomplish wellness in both mental and physical state, we tend to monitor a lot of things like Sarah mentioned, including weight, nutrition, what you eat, what you, what you drink, et cetera. Similarly, for mental health and mental wellness, we have generally, unfortunately, ignored it. And so this is really important in order for you to know at the first signs of anything happening that you would then seek help. And the reason it is important in mental health is because generally, in the United States, there is a 10 to 12 year lag between when somebody starts experiencing something and when their diagnosis is made. Mm -hmm. And it is very similar to what was the state for heart disease 25, 30 years back when people would be first diagnosed for their heart disease from when they have a stroke or a heart attack. We now routinely measure people's blood pressure, their cholesterol levels, et cetera, in order to avoid having to first come to a diagnosis when there's a crisis. In mental health, we have not arrived there, and so our attempt at the center is to really change that and empower everyone to be able to monitor their own mental health and mental wellness, and in order to ensure that there is no such delay that we see with mental health as we have avoided with physical health, 
we are really trying to figure out a way to empower everyone so that people can monitor their mental wellness. And then to add to that, what's, I think, the most important thing about Avexia, and I know we haven't quite gotten there yet, uh, maybe jumping ahead a bit, but we're asking individuals to take ownership and not wait for their primary care clinicians to ask them how they're doing. I know you gave a really good example yesterday on the phone of when you step on the scale and you see something that alerts you, you're like, oh, I need to make a life change. And so that's kind of the sense of what we hope to gain and encourage people to do with this tool, Avexia. But before we get more into Avexia, what, is, what does that name mean? Where did you come up with that? So Dr. Trivedi charged my team with coming up with something that was obscure and made people just go, what in the world is this? But we needed we also wanted to have it tied to wellness. Mm -hmm. And so we just started brainstorming different words or phrases that came back to wellness. And, you know, we had up spiral, but spiral wasn't a good choice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were looking at different constellations and one of our colleagues um, started looking up different languages and what the word wellness meant in those languages. And that's how we got to avexia, because avexia is the Greek word for wellness. And Fantastic. he liked it. <laughs> and he liked it. And you, I, I think that, the again, the idea behind it is that people will be able to do this routinely on their own and not have to be told by somebody that you got to do something about your mental health. And Dr. Trevetti, you were inspired to make a tool with the CDRC because of research that you had found, or was this just something that had popped into your head? What inspired you to do it? So we have been really trying to change the language and the way we deal with mental health. We are generally running into this trouble where everyone says mental health, there is a huge access problem. We don't have enough psychiatrists and psychologists and counselors. And that is indeed true, but the bigger challenge we have in the, in the mental health arena is a triage problem. People going to a medical care all the time, most people go to a primary care physician either or an OBGYN or a family physician, or kids go to pediatricians. That is where a lot of screening and early diagnosis for a lot of medical illnesses happens. Unfortunately, that doesn't as well happen for mental health. So first task for us has been to do that, which is what we did with a software we developed with Vital Science 6, where we now partner with a whole lot of medical practices, primary care settings, and pediatric practices that routinely begin to screen and identify people very early. That is been a success, but it, only, it primarily depends on people making that appointment and going to a primary care physician. I was going to ask for that clarification. So therefore, what we decided, with this came about because I was worried and I, we know enough data and our research has shown that there is a whole group of people who don't even make that appointment to go to a medical practice to be screened. And even there, screening often is catch as you can. Instead, if we, what if we empowered people to do their own mental health wellness monitoring? And so that, it, like you mentioned, any first sign of problem, they can make the appointment. So that is really how this came about. You know, I keep coming up with this analogy to your check engine light, mm. right? 
the check engine light pops on your car and you may not know what the problem is, but you go to the mechanic. You know, self-monitoring is, and if someone is routinely self-monitoring, it almost serves as that internal check engine light. And with repeated use of tools, people become familiar with the vocabulary and the symptoms associated with different things, whether it is depression or anxiety or any other um, mood disorder, it gives them an, you know, a vocabulary to go to their doctor and say, hey, something's not right. It gives them control and they have the power to. And we, our research has shown, others have shown that early diagnosis leads to much better outcome than late diagnosis. Yes. So that has been very clear in all of medicine, but more so in depression from our work. So this is an attempt to not wait for those 10, 12 years where people suffer. It is mental health issues, unfortunately, is not like having a fracture where you're limping so that everybody around you says you go to an orthopedic surgeon. For mental health, people then explain it by bad behavior rather than say, let's get mm -hmm. checked. This allows for that to happen right away so that you don't have to wait. So how does one use the tool? How do they check their engine light, to use your example? So you can visit uh, www.centerfordepression.org. Um, and then on there, there's a box for, you know, get started, join us, and that will take you directly to Avexia. You create a profile. We ask for minimal information. Uh, we need date of birth so in order to give the age-appropriate measures. We have validated self-report measures for adolescents 12 and up, or 12 to 17, and then 18 and up. So we want to make sure you get the right version. Mm -hmm. um, zip code, because we are looking at uh, de-identified population level data. So if we notice there's perhaps um, an increase in um, symptom endorsement, we can create an intervention and try and tailor to that community. Um, but we're never going to call anybody directly. We're not going in behind the scenes and going, oh, so-and-so endorsed suicidal ideation, we need to do something. Um, we just want people to go sign up, take measures, and hopefully get the information that they need in order to be an advocate for themselves. And I think, the, uh, again, the idea is to empower people to do their own monitoring. What that they do with that monitoring, we will provide guidance, but we will not dictate that you should do this or that. So this is really providing them with tools to monitor. And then we'll give, provide some general guidance on what are the kinds of things they can think about doing in response to issues they come up with. So if I were to log into the website, make my account, what do I do? You mentioned measures I'm taking. What does that look like? So you would go to the Check Your Wellness tab, and you can pick from right now. We have four measures that are available as an adult. Um, you can complete the Patient Health Questionnaire 9, the Generalized Anxiety Disorder 7, the um, Psychological Well-Being, and then the Work Productivity um, Assessment. Remember, we are really focusing on tracking your mental wellness. Mm -hmm. Therefore, our focus is on resilience and wellness and, there, and in addition also measuring symptoms of depression, anxiety, so that if they do show up, you'll be able to identify them. And do you know that from taking these measures just one time? I know you've mentioned the word routinely um, several times on this episode, so how often do I need to log in? You choose this frequency, but in general, we provide guidance. You probably should be doing this at least once a year, 
and more often in order if you are interested in monitoring it very closely. Think of it similar to what you do for your weight. How often should you measure your weight? Is it ultimately a personal choice? We do provide recommendations. So somebody asking me about how often they should measure weight, I would suggest you should at least measure your weight once a month so that you can keep track so that it's not like 20 pounds later you find out you, are, you have to do something about it. Same thing for this. About once a month you should, and for some people who have these issues, mental health issues, they could do it once a week. So we will provide guidance on how often each person could try to do this, but once a month is a rough guess. And how do they compare each of their scores? So the rating instruments are then tabulated and provided in graphic form for each of the person for themselves to be able to review it, monitor it. They can download it as a PDF and send it to their doctor if they want. They don't have to if they don't want to. This is really... Think of it as something that they monitor themselves and we do not want to interfere with how they then, what they do with it. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned measures. So we're measuring depression, anxiety, psychological well-being, and workplace Work, productivity. Workplace productivity. Why those things? Well, obviously depression and anxiety, but why did you pick the measures that you did? Tell us about why we're measuring those. So these are very well-validated measurement tools that have been widely accepted in the field that actually give you a very good metric of how well you're functioning in your life, in day-to-day -day life with your, uh, with your loved ones, et cetera. And the work productivity questionnaire actually gets you, help you track how well you're doing at work both in terms of the days you are not able to go to work if you have depression and the days that you do go to work but are not able to function as well as you are expected or you hope to. And then the adolescent version would be, I guess they could school say school product. Yes, Correct. school productivity. And we had touched on the information that I would provide when I log in. Is this data protected? Is it confidential? If your school encourages you to do it or your workplace, does my employer know that information? This is all protected health information. We will, we are protecting it behind our firewall and we have approval from the IRB that we will not share this information with anybody. So even if someone screens something alarming, it is still up to the individual? Correct, we will provide them with recommendations, but it's up to them. And you do have a recommendations page. We have, um, so we have a resources page, mm -hmm. um, which, is personally one of my favorite features. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday. Um, there are, I think, nine different um, subject domains um, with active websites. They're all current. The phone numbers are in use. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not like you're gonna pick up the phone and call somebody and the line's dead. Um, but I can't rave enough about these websites. Um, but within after you complete your measures and you get your score interpretation, um, we do give uh, some feedback based on people's endorsement of symptoms. And that changes over time. So as people's scores improve, the feedback adjusts. If scores you know, go in the opposite direction and symptoms are getting worse, feedback adjusts for that as well. And if we partner with an organization, if your employer is partnering with us and they offer this, we will not share your personal information with your employer. That would be the first aspect of our agreement with your employer, saying that we'll give them summary data for the whole population, 
but no individual person's data will be given. And that to population the data for, say, a workplace environment, it would seem very useful in the sense that you could tell that company, it looks like you have a lot of employees who might need some resources. I think that the employers have really find it very useful. And think of what anybody working in an any uh, workplace today, most employers currently actually try to do that for physical health exercise mm -hmm. and nutrition programs, and they would love to monitor to help people monitor their health, physical health with nutrition, exercise, etc. This is very similar because employers recognize that the best productivity and outcomes they get from their employees is related to how well they are doing physically and mentally. And mm -hmm. so there is now a very good recognition on the part of employers that this is important for their bottom line. And Sarah, you do a lot of work in making sure employers and schools and individuals know about this tool. How have you seen it implemented? So Catherine, like we were talking um, in anticipation of this <laughs> call, um, we've partnered with school districts, mm -hmm. um, serving using this as a resource for teachers, staff, administrative staff, uh, promoting it to the PTA, um, school nurses, uh, talking to them about leveraging it for students that are 12 and up. Um, obviously, those students need parental consent to use it. Um, it's been promoted in the Wellness Wednesday newsletter. Mm -hmm. We've given talks about the importance of self-monitoring, mental wellness, and then introducing Avexia as a tool to accomplish self-monitoring. This uh, is an attempt to democratize the availability of this so anyone can sign up, mm -hmm. themselves or through some program that their employer or their organization, community organizations, church organizations, anyone could actually partner with us so this is an idea is we shouldn't really create burdens or hurdles for people to monitor their own health. I can tell you from my personal experience, I do exercise-related research for depression. And yet, I started exercising much more regularly since I got a Fitbit. <laughs> and what so you're now? <laughs> that, so that you can, rec you can see it that even though I'm committed to this idea of exercise, and yet this Fitbit and the dashboards it creates for me to monitor has helped me continue to do this much more regularly. And this is really an attempt to do that for mental health. Mm -hmm. We as a society have taken too long and for a long time ignored mental health and I think we should stop. And so many organizations right now are having, well, in Zoom call format, but just presentations on mental health in general. But then the employees just leave and there's no action item taking place. And I know that, for example, Dr. Trevetti and I were recently on a call with someone who was interested in having him come in and speak. And it's such a, Evexia is such a good action item to include at the end of something to say, here's how you can make this change. And here is why it's important. Now here's what you can do. And a newsletter sounds like a great reminder. Um, I think of students in high school or in college who use Blackboard. They have to log in every day and that's on a homepage. It, it seems like reminders and having that at the end of a presentation as something to do would make it so much more accessible. I think so. Telling people you should take care of your mental health is like telling our society that you should really exercise and not <laughs> gain weight. And yet we have an obesity pandemic in this country. And the reason for that is because just telling somebody is not sufficient. You have to help the people overcome the barriers 
and address the challenges. And I think that this software is designed to monitor but also help them address challenges and barriers so that they will seek help. And what does the CDRC's research on Avexia look like? What have we noticed? So at this point, we're very much in the infancy stages of getting this off the ground. Mm -hmm. um, we've got about 200 users that have signed up. Um, a, a majority of them are female over male. Um, the age range is really, you know, across the board. Uh, if you look at the different like generational um, categories, we actually have a higher number of millennials that have signed mm -hmm. up. Um, so that may be food for thought as to why. Um, we, we do have people that have signed up and are using it in about 10 different states, a majority obviously in Texas, uh, because that's where we are and we're leveraging our personal networks. Um, but the reason we are talking right now is the following. We have uh, a very good or initial sense of what the software is capable of doing for people mm -hmm. and how best it can empower people. But really, they are our ultimate cons consumers of use. And therefore, what we are trying to do is actually get feedback from this initial cohort and change it. We are aware of what are the elements of what it should be. But its perfection will come from people telling us what needs to change and where it needs to change, which is what our goal is. Yes, so to clarify, psychology as a science, we know the benefits of self-monitoring. We have the research on that. And we want to know how best to implement Avexia. So we have focus groups. And you've said that millennials are a big um, proponent, of, or they, they just so happen to be signing up for Avexia more. Um, how can someone participate in this focus group? So anybody, so we're actually actively conducting focus groups right now. Um, we've conducted one last week. We've got another one coming up next week. Um, most of the people right now in that group are coming from our own CDRC stakeholder network. Um, we are looking for teachers, school nurses, school staff, um, students who would be willing to participate in a focus group. If someone's interested, they are welcome to email me um, at sarah, S-A-R-A dot Levinson, L-E-V-I-N-S-O-N at UT southwestern.edu. Um, and I can get anybody that's interested uh, connected with the people that are uh, coordinating these focus groups. And at the same time, there are people who are ready to implement this and see its benefits and they are ready to go. And I know that you have already spoken with some organizations um, about implementing it. If someone is listening and does want to take a test run on Avexia, and who do you, do you speak with them personally about how to implement it? in their specific organization. What does that look like if someone wanted to? So just a clarification for any individual, they can sign up today. Yes. yes. Any organization can ask their participants in their organization to sign up individually today. If an organization decides they want to partner with us and want summary data at the end so that they can get a sense of all their employees or their members in their organization, they can contact us on the CDRC website or Sarah directly, and we will then facilitate the organization's partnership with us. So we are welcome to contact you to implement Avexia. And what would you say is the biggest challenge to get people to implement a mental health self-monitoring tool? 
So I think that's a great question and we're we're struggling with that. And what I mean by that is myself and my colleagues are giving presentations on the importance of self-monitoring and then we're sharing Avexia as a tool to do that. There's a lot of hype and initial sign up right after that. For example, May 1st kicked off Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. Our team had two events occur on the same day. Dr. Trevetti and I spoke um, at a local synagogue and then our team was at a health fair and we saw a significant increase in the number of signups. But then a few weeks later, there were no additional signups. So it's how do we get people to convert to going on the website, signing up, and then repeated use. Um, and that's a, that's a challenge. So the software is actually currently available, and this uptake is what we are looking to expand. The challenge with any software, especially for these self-monitoring tools for exercise, for physical activity, as well as for mental health, is there's a whole lot of options available. Some of them are not useful, and many of them actually don't allow you to do the kinds of things we are focusing on, which is wellness, identify strengths, seek help, etc. So we are actually, our real current goal is to try to spread the word and let people try. We have, ex uh, from our experience, those who start, sign up, they continue to use it. And so our task now is to expand the reach of this. Because my hope is that at some point, every one of us will monitor our physical health and mental health equally. And one is not necessarily, shouldn't be done at the exclusion of the other. And does Avexia give reminders? Yes. Okay. How, how do they do that? So when you sign up and create your account, it will ask you, actually, you opt out. So from design thinking, it's actually very strategic, right? You want someone to opt out of something instead of mm -hmm. opting in. So it's automatically set up to remind you. Exactly. So you'll get a text message or an email message that it's time to log in and complete measures. That's great. I need that for sure. I think that the idea would be to make it as easy for people to use it. And so, again, any feedback that people are providing us, we are actually reviewing those, those feed aspects of feedback and modifying and updating it. Our goal is really to have this used by everyone and make it as user-friendly as possible. And I think that the extent of the information that people get and monitor will ultimately be dependent on what people want to do. And before we wrap up for today, what are some last thoughts from each of you about the importance of self-monitoring or what you're most excited about when it comes to Avexia and getting this on the ground? Take control of your mental well-being, and this is one tool that you should attempt. And to add on to that, I think we have a real opportunity to educate people mm -hmm. on what mental wellness and mental like health, mental health hygiene is. And oftentimes people don't think that the stomach ache or the headache or their mood or their lack of interest, they don't associate that with mental health. And we have an opportunity to really educate on those symptoms and then they have the call to action and they have the language that they can use with their, their clinicians. 
Great. Well, thank you both so much for speaking with us about Avexia. If you are local to the DFW area and are interested in participating in a study or the Avexia Focus Group, visit our website at centerfordepression.org for more information. Be sure to follow us on social media at UTSW underscore CDRC so you won't miss our episode announcements. If you have suggestions for topics or questions you'd like answered, we do have a new email address just for the podcast, decodingdepressionpodcast at utsouthwestern.edu. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.